The following is simply the opinions of two South Carolina citizens. The views expressed herein are not endorsed by any employers, family members, or government employees. This podcast may contain adult language, atypical thinking, and just plain craziness. Be advised that critical thought may be a side effect of exposure to this content. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Vote Matt Podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me today in the undisclosed location deep in the heart of Kershaw County is a good friend of mine that we haven't seen each other for two years, two and a half years now? Two and a half years. Yeah, Tom Curley. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you very much. Um, Tom has been off on some adventures that we're going to talk about here soon, um, and we'll get to talking about how we met each other and uh, maybe tell a couple old firehouse stories. We'll see. Um First, I want to thank our sponsors, the Cassett Country Store, um, home to the best pizza in Cassett. Right? You've eaten pizza. Have you had the pizza from there, yeah, Tom? Yeah. It's the best pizza in Cassett, <laughs> isn't it? best pizza in Cassett. That's right. Aislinn up there makes a great pizza, and they can customize it for you, too. My favorite is um, pepperoni with onions and extra cheese. You ever had that? No. That's a good combo, man. That's really good. Um, I want to thank the Swamp Log Artisans Gallery in Bishopville. They're on Main Street in Bishopville. Uh, stay tuned later for our commercial for them. Uh, make sure you check their hours before you go. And we should have Mark Root on soon to talk about some other adventures he had and recovering a log out of a swamp f- with them. Uh, in local news, SLED is investigating Kershaw County yet again. Um, the F- Kershaw County jail administrator was fired for sexual, um, I don't know what you want to call it, sexual harassment, I guess, damn near sexual assault. I almost said sexual assault and then got re got hired by Richland County. Apparently in his records, it said that he resigned. Somebody put in there that he resigned willingly when he was actually fired. And the gentleman's name who did this, his name is... Whack. Whack. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what his first name is. Let's see if it comes up here. It says uh, on Wednesday, Templar also said that he is changing the process of updating KCDC employee statuses. The information being submitted to the Criminal Justice Academy will now be printed out and sent to Kershaw County Human Human Resources so that it can be authenticated. Only then will it be transmitted to the Criminal Justice Academy. So apparently this guy, Irvin Wack, um, he was the one who erroneously indicated resigned slash voluntary on the separation paperwork electronically transmitted to the Criminal Justice Academy on June 24th. In his Thursday morning text, Templar said the transmittal was not done in May because of Cato's request for the grievance hearing. All right, so then went through all this grievance hearing um, with this Wack guy wrote a letter to Richland County, and it said this, As to the allegations against Tyrell Cato, I have never heard anything inappropriate between Tyrell Cato and Redacted, I'm guessing that's the female's name, inside or outside the office. 
Wack wrote, I am writing to draw your attention to a matter of great importance due to the Tyrell Cato comma redacted relationship being professional every time the two of them were in my presence. Wack went on to detail Cato's dependability, efficiency, punctuality, attention to detail, and willingness to take an official take on official projects. Tosso talked about Cato's ability to project a warm, embracing attitude to our personnel. Resolve conflicts as well as his charitable work in the community. Danny Templer, who is the acting county administrator, said he and Kershaw County Sheriff Lee Bone made the decision to contact SLED. During an interview Wednesday, Bone said he became involved after being contacted by the media. Yet again, the sheriff playing catch-up to the media. He said Cato asked him for a letter of recommendation that he did write on June 14th. Bone said that at that point, he knew Cato was no longer working for the county, but he did not know the circumstances surrounding Cato's departure. I smell bullshit on that one. So, you've been gone for two and a half years, but nothing's really changed. <laughs> so... Yeah. Y'all, you know, do with that information what you will. Hopefully, WIS will be covering it because I don't want to spend too much time on this bullcrap. I'd rather talk to my buddy Tom. So, Tom, you and I used to work together at Camden Fire Department. You were a brand new rookie firefighter while I was there. I think I'd been there for like a year already. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I was a grizzled old veteran of one year. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just old. Just grizzled and old. <laughs> By the time you get a year there, it's uh, you're old. <laughs> pretty rough <laughs> uh they just had a fire um last earlier this week really yeah i think it was tuesday maybe mm-hmm. arson fire okay on like cooper two, street two months after i left i saw like an article where it was like an arson and there is um some stuff yeah it was a homicide yeah arson yeah that was uh my shift we, i was driving engine oh, first darn. due engine on that gosh one. yeah <laughs> Yeah, I found, yeah. Yeah, darn. So that was a case where I was driving the first due engine, but I also had to go in and do a primary search. Mm. <laughs> how does that work? Do you know how it is? There's only a certain amount of, there's only a couple people that do the actual damn job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Tom, introduce yourself. Let's talk about you, where you grew up, how you grew up, all that sort of stuff. All right. And get close to the microphone, man. Okay. All right. My name is Thomas Curley. Mm-hmm. Um... So I was born in Richland County, and then during the recession of 2004, my dad packed up the family and we moved to Bethune, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, He opened up a publishing company that later went under, but um, yeah, basically grew up in Bethune, South Carolina. Um, We plowed with horses, we um, did a lot of like agriculture uh grew sorghum on uh six acres that we leased peanuts um and hogs we also had a milk cow at one point um and then hmm so after i was homeschooled um catholic homeschooled who um who did uh who did sort of yeah old-timey agriculture so everybody in town <laughs> thought we were amish yeah, that's not too <laughs> yeah. bad <laughs> yeah as a matter of fact the other day someone just said are you guys amish and i was like uh-uh <laughs> but uh but yeah um and then at 18 years old um 
I kind of thought about college, but um, wanted to make money and uh, really want to do just something different. So um, found a job at Camden Fire Department. <laughs> was there? So you, you found something to do, but you didn't make any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you were a volunteer before then, right? Yeah, yeah. So at 16, I got on the Explorer program, got Fire One and all that. And then I think I, after I turned 18, I got fired too. Mm-hmm. But, um, when I turned 18, I was certified, I guess, um, interior. Um, and then, yeah, volunteered for, uh, 2016 to when I left in 2020. So four years. And then also mm-hmm. I'm on lander volunteer fire now. So oh, that's, okay, cool. uh, so f- I've got five years now. Yeah. Right? That's kind of crazy to think about. <laughs> it flies by. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you started, you were, how old when you started at Camden? Were you 18? Uh, 18. Okay. Yeah. I, I turned 19 like two months after mm-hmm. I started, I think. And then they put you straight in the driver's seat of the engine. Yeah. So her farm boy driver. <laughs> give an Amish kid a fire engine driver. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> well... <laughs> So, <laughs> I remember one night, one night I was first driver, and uh, <laughs> it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, also, I had a flip phone, and I didn't have a smartphone, so like, and like, they tell you to memorize the streets, but like, Nobody when does. the tone drops at 2 o'clock in the morning, you don't remember no. anything. <laughs> and uh, so, tone dropped, and I was like... Uh, it was, um, it was, uh, it was Springdale Nursing Home. Okay. I thought, oh, I know exactly where that is. That's up on Springdale Drive, thinking of Morningside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so, uh, uh, Captain Mullis is like, you know where it is? It's at. And I was like, yeah, I know exactly where was it's it at. Was it a fire alarm or something? It, it was a cardiac arrest. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a working cardiac arrest. EMS was already there, so oh, no okay. lives were lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so far as I know. Right. Um, but, um, anyway, we got out and, uh, the main intersection in town, uh, Route 1 and 341. Mm-hmm. Broad into Yep, Broad into Cab. I go to take a right and Captain Mullis is like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to Springdale. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's not where it's at. As in, I was like, I have no idea where I'm going now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so we, we took off to it. Chestnut Ferry extension, like yeah. kept going straight or whatever, and I'm already like fuddled in my head and like, <laughs> uh, it's pitch dark, but like the rail lights are going, yeah. So I couldn't see my rear axle, which was like when when you turn, mm-hmm. I always look at my rear axle to make sure I clear something, and uh, go, go, pulling a right into the nursing home. <laughs> There's this tiny little driveway. It's like a four foot deep ditch. Yeah, on either side of it. And yeah. uh, I just remember turning and uh, all of a sudden sinking down or whatever. And I just, I just remember like the whole truck like slanted like this. <laughs> and and Johnny is like, Jeremy, get out and check check uh, how bad it is. I just see Jeremy walk around the truck and he's. <laughs> just nodding his, his head. head. I was like, darn it. And Captain Mullis is like, 
turn the truck off. <laughs> so I cranked it off and it got out and I had to jump out because like yeah, you're way up like, in the air. Yeah, it, was, it was like <laughs> at my eye level is, is the floor of the truck was at like eye level and uh, and uh, got out and uh, one tire is in the air. The other tire is on the sidewall <laughs> like sitting like I know I don't know how to explain it but like this tire is yeah, right you're there. You're about to roll over. <laughs> yeah, I was I was I was sitting on the diagonal of the box yeah. like that's where i was at and uh, i was like i was like i uh, i can't do anything and mm-hmm. then i heard battalion no 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 no. i heard um heard uh dispatch engine one out of service and then immediately <laughs> battalion one responding and then uh, i just remember standing at the intersection blocking traffic and turned around and there's a wrecker it was suspending a whole fire engine up in the air and sending it back down on the roadway. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry. You weren't the first one to do that, and you definitely weren't the last. Don't worry about it. It happens. But that's just uh, part of working at Camden, man. That was, uh, that was, that was a daily – that was my daily life. <laughs> How many fires did you fight? That Didn't we fight a fire together once? trying to think were you covering down on, on my shift or i was on your shift i think let me see we had wait a minute we had one on my shift oh wait no i went in with um with um jay hart no it was um he was off that day he, he was off that day i think oh, okay. it so was um howard was yeah yeah form. it was howard um went in with howard on that one i didn't I didn't fight a lot of fire with no. Camden because I was in the driver's seat for. Yeah, I was right. in the driver's seat for like seven or eight fires. Yeah, uh, and I was like, <laughs> I, I'm. I, it, it worked out well for Rex because like I always was second driver mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. first responder for Rex. But yeah. um, when it came to structure fires, I was always screwed on the pump panel. Yeah, <laughs> but, just kind of. Uh, it sucks. Unless you're me, and then you get tasked with other <laughs> search, go help with my fire, go do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good times, man. You know, and you and I had a lot of late night conversations at the yeah. table, and uh-huh. you know, philosophizing, and <laughs> you know, talking about the evil Jesuits and <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> uh, the Vatican, all the gold <laughs> hidden down the bottom of the Vatican. But yeah. um, it was a good time. I enjoyed working with you, man. Yeah. And um, before you left, I gave you a, a book. Did you ever read that book? Oh my god. I don't remember. How dare you? I don't ah, darn it. I'm ashamed. Which book? Jocko Willings. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, uh, Dichotomy of Leadership was no, that one? it was um the first one. Wait a minute. I read the Dichotomy of Leadership. Maybe I did give that one to you. No, I didn't give that to you. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our uh, episode with Tom Curley. Thank you very much for coming, Tom. We can talk about the sequel. <laughs> um, so, you you left the fire department after a year. Yeah. There, you were nineteen, and you decided you wanted to pursue your college education. Yes. And you didn't go a normal route for college. You you were said you were going to Wyoming for college, and everybody was like, "What the hell?" Like yeah. University of Wyoming? <laughs> no, not like, that. No, I'm going to exactly <laughs> the place where Tom Curley would go. <laughs> well, Wyoming Catholic College. Let's let's talk about um, your life growing up a little bit more, though. Before yeah. the fire department, so 
uh, one of the big things that the guys used to always make fun of you about is that it was your job to slaughter the pigs at your, at your farm, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you had a certain way you liked to do it, and you would describe it to them real slowly, and they'd be scared. <laughs> Everybody yeah. thought you were a psycho. Yeah, they got Call Me Carl from Sling Blade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, because you you refuse to use firearms, right? You only use a knife. <laughs> uh, okay, my dad used a twenty two first, and yeah, then okay. I finished it off. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, well, for the older pigs, younger pigs, it was the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But uh, yeah, we did a lot of um. We're actually doing a cow tomorrow morning, um. But we did a lot of um. Growing up, we never ate beef. Because we only ate what was on our farm just oh, because okay. – um, and we never had cows until I was like – So you ate pigs, sorghum, and peanuts and that was your whole diet? It was pretty much. It was <laughs> it was chicken and pork, yeah. one or the other, every single meal, mostly pork. And uh, yeah. I, yeah, I had like – I had three older brothers mm-hmm. who were all teenagers Yeah, uh, as far as I can remember. <laughs> um, and uh, so my mom would just like, you know, roast pork like – 20 pounds sit on the table and it would be gone yeah you know? mm-hmm. so it's like you know i know we did a lot i of can things. imagine that's five dudes working on a farm <laughs> all homeschooled right so yeah. you're probably working on the farm all day yeah pretty much <laughs> get a little bit of school in there. it was like you need a break go ho <laughs> yeah. 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 Was, uh, a lot of people um people that listen to this podcast you know have the desire to homestead and just to live off the land that they own, you know, grow mm-hmm. whatever they eat and want to live off of that. Can you talk a little bit about how difficult that really is to do? Yeah. It's almost impossible. Like you really, yeah. that's why people died like when they were 25 back in the day, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they just spent all their time farming. That's also why they had 20 kids yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> farm hands. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it, um, I always tell people it's really probably a good idea to specialize in like one or two things mm-hmm. and then have a, a network of people to trade and barter with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'm sure you, you spent a lot of – like did you have a tractor with a discs and plow and all that sort of stuff? You or didn't. You it used was, horses, right? Yeah, yeah. Or a horse. A horse. Yeah. A, cor- a barrel racing quarter horse. Oh, wow. <laughs> it wasn't even a work horse. Yeah. I went out to Wyoming and saw their like um, – there are Clydesdales. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yeah, it was a quarter horse. Um, and the reason why that came about was um, my dad was always frugal and it's like, you know, if we have an animal, it's going to do a job. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I remember my three older brothers really, really wanted a horse. And uh, this uh, old guy in uh, Bethune, his name was. Jim Coffin, Cowboy Jim, hmm. and uh, he he was like an old cowboy and like owned like twenty horses and all. And he's like, "If you help me put a roof on my barn, I'll give you a horse." And oh, okay. Like, okay. And he figures since you're Amish, you know how to do barns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it worked out perfectly. <laughs> and uh, and so they got the horse, and my dad's like, "Well, that's not gonna sit around." And he's like. There's a 28-acre field next to us to see if Mr. Wharton wants to lease it. So he did. It was six acres of it. Yeah. And so my dad bought an antique plow, 
and uh, <laughs> we hooked it to the back old man and it plowed <laughs> for wow. about four or five years. Dang. And uh, that's how that came about. Um, wow. But um, yeah, we had two acres. And so all of like, I don't know how expensive feed is now. But like for a bag of pig feed yeah. in Bethune is about thirteen, fourteen dollars yeah. now. That's and so when you have like, you know, you have a boar and a sow mm-hmm. and then a litter or two, you're buying like seven or eight fifty pound bags a week. Yeah. Right. And that's like just for the hogs. Right. And so with two acres, you're bringing in all your feed, you know, in cash dollars, mm-hmm. you know. So um, part of the plowing the six acres was, um, um, you know, put in a crop and then hopefully that will subsidize our grain that we're bringing in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we did peanuts and sorghum because both of those plants, you can use the entire plant. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we did that for a few years. We, um, so how would you use the whole peanut plant? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so it's a one-time harvest. Mm -hmm. Um, you go in, you take a pitchfork and try to like grab all the roots of it up. And then my job being a seven-year-old would be on my hands and knees (laughs) digging through the dirt to get all the peanuts of every plant that fell. (laughs) You know, it was, uh, we got every single peanut out of that field. And, uh, anyway, so then you like stack it up and dry it. And, um, and then you would, uh, then I think, I think drying is about three weeks. So you would dry the roots, the stalk and the peanuts. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, once all that was dried, um, we would take the peanuts off the uh, bush mm-hmm. or, or the roots, um, and uh, we would <clears throat> we would feed the peanuts to the pigs mm-hmm. or make something out of it. Usually, we just gave it to the pigs. Yeah. Uh, and then the the peanut plant is super nutritious for for cows, and so we would give it to our dairy cow. Okay. Which would actually like flavor the milk. Yeah, peanut flavored milk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had a we had a um we had a um feeder pig that we just fed him every morning we'd feed him two quarts of cream mm. over a gallon bucket of peanuts. Dang. And then did that same thing in the evening. And that's all we fed him. He was living good. He, the bacon was about like <laughs> it caught fire on the grill. It Dang. was uh, it was a lot. <laughs> but, Fat son of a gun. <laughs> yeah, that's how we used uh, the entire peanut plant. Okay, um, and then and then to give the land a break, we had to find a different crop. Yeah, which was sorghum, and. Uh, I have to say that was the most interesting experience ever. It was, um, they grow like corn stalks. Yeah. Um, and basically what they, what they are is you squeeze them, squeeze all the juice out of them. And then it's like maple syrup Mm -hmm. where you boil it off and then you have this really thick goop. Yeah. That's really, really good. It's like a, that's a traditional American crop that a lot of homesteaders plant because it's a sweetener for foods mm-hmm. plus you you can get a good price for it yeah um and is it hard to, to raise sorghum is it a difficult 
I, I mean, I think I've heard it in our area, Bethune-Cassett, mm-hmm. you know, our band of soil that we're in because there's different types of soil in Kershaw County from north to south. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of like in the Sand Hills slash coastal, you know, mm-hmm. Piedmont, I guess, kind of. But we're like in this middle ground, like a sandy, fertile soil. But then you have the river. But, yeah. Um, yeah, like sorghum – and cotton and tobacco grow really well here. Mm-hmm. It's like a hardy plant. Yeah. We did have to put a ton of cow manure down. Did you? Okay. The stuff that we didn't cover very well, mm-hmm. um, the stalks were like, you know, very, very small. Oh, okay. Um, but the stuff that we were able to cover pretty well, because, yeah, our land the land that we were working, it's about a mile above the river. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so and, and so it's pretty dry. Yeah. And, uh, not a lot of, it's sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so basically, I mean, we had the cows and all that. So we had the manure to spread. Um, so highly recommend it, It's kind of a larger crop too. Cause you have to have like a couple acres to get like yeah. a little bit of syrup, you know? Oh, okay. Um, but uh, we had the cows to have the manure. And so, so did you alternate that year by year or by season? Um, like yeah. Peanuts year. you would plant in the spring, right? And harvest yeah. in summer. Mm-hmm. And then you plant your sorghum in the fall or early spring? No, we year? would plant it in the spring. So it was oh, like Okay, year so year. yearly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then did you guys have your own um, you know, a, gar- a garden that you grew your own vegetables in and we stuff did. like that? Uh-huh. What we, kind uh, of vegetables did you guys grow? We grew we grew a lot of um, a lot of tomatoes like grape tomatoes, all um, Roma Roma mm-hmm. tomatoes, um, squash, cucumber. Um, I guess the regular vegetable we grew we did grow jalapenos and uh, we also did um, okra. Oh, okay. And, uh, like, the ants would always, like, get on the okra. So what my dad did was um, he ground up some of the hot pepper oh. and put it around the base of the plants, and yeah. it kind of, like, deterred them. I wow. Guess. That's cool. Yeah. I need to remember that because I had some bugs get in my cabbage. I uh, <clears throat> we, we, like, our test garden out there showed, like, I planted cabbage and collards and all in the spring. Mm-hmm. And it's been sitting on the heat, so it's probably not the best tasting stuff. <laughs> but I just wanted to see if it would grow, if my soil was right and all that, and just kind of yeah. see what would grow, just for the hell of it. But yeah. we did get two beautiful heads of cabbage, big, heavy. They're like four pounds each. <laughs> and we're going to uh, make sauerkraut out of it. We figured that's probably the best thing to do is <laughs> pickle it. And, yeah. Um, but... So that's neat. So you had your your horse dr- pulling your antique. <laughs> yeah, they, they must have really thought you were. They they thought we were crazy. Um, <laughs> Mennonites, at least. Yeah, you know, Missouri. We have Amish and Mennonites. Mennonites, you know, they have like a barbecue grill and a car, and <laughs> they still do the religious stuff, but they're not as hardcore. Yeah. Um. All right, let's take a little break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about your college. All right, your college days yeah. that you're in now. So stay tuned, folks. Make sure you stay um, and listen to our commercial, and we'll be right back. The Swamp Fox Podcast Network is proud to announce our new sponsor, the Swamp Log Artisans Gallery. An old Bishopville building is a home to a store unlike any you have ever experienced. Gift shop, furniture store, local history museum, and art gallery. It's all of these things. There's an inventory here found nowhere else. 
Presented with an opportunity to make a personal connection to heirloom quality pieces that will honor our heritage and enrich your family's lives for generations to come. Here you will carefully select your pieces created by 60 fine woodworkers, artisans, and artists. The backbone of our store is products handmade from lumber, which is sawn from old-growth sinker logs recovered from the muddy, dark bottoms of South Carolina's rivers and swamps. These logs were lost over 125 years ago as they were transported on the waterways and were recovered with scuba equipment. Check them out at www.swamplogartisans.com or visit them at 229 North Main Street in downtown Bishopville, South Carolina. Yeah, man, I'm super excited about the uh, kiln-dried lumber. Mm -hmm. You just buy the rough-cut yeah. slabs yeah, and also the paintings. Mm -hmm. um, the no, they've got some really cool stuff. I want to see that. I mean, it's just beautiful framework. And from looking at this brochure, some pretty nice art. Uh, I might go out there today. Are they open today? Yeah. Awesome. So I would love it for Swamp uh, the Swamp Fox Network people to uh, support this company and just let them know where you heard about it. And we're back. Tom and I just took a little break to cool off outside the <laughs> studio. Yeah. <laughs> took a walk through the woods, showed them some of the undisclosed location. Um, <clears throat> and you were saying, Tom, up where you were going to college, they don't have forests like this. No, they to don't. Walk through. Yeah. Pretty sparse, sparse, yeah, high desert. High desert. Five, uh, yeah. Five, well, outside of town, it's 7,000 feet. Landry's in kind of in a valley. So mm -hmm. right outside of town, 7,000 feet, pretty much nothing grows yeah. at that elevation there. So, so you left Camden Fire Department in 2020? Yes. Uh, June 2020. And then you, you started your fall semester. Mm -hmm. And um, what was the name of the college? Uh, Wyoming Catholic College. Okay. And it's not a normal college, right? It's definitely so not. So explain to everybody what what kind of education you're getting there. Yeah. So usually when uh, – so there's only – they only offer one degree and that's in the liberal arts. And uh, most of the times when I when I say liberal arts, everybody just like – A lot of people like, roll their eyes. Yeah, like, like uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, But no, um, liberal arts um, – well, the term liberal has been hijacked. In recent times. Absolutely. Um, but, I'm a liberal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and a lot of people are freak out. Like, no, I'm not the kind of liberal you think I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, it comes from uh, the Latin libertas, mm -hmm. which means like freedom. Liberty. Yeah. yeah. Liberty, freedom, and uh, and uh, people don't get that. So the liberal arts are the disciplines or the arts which can make you a free man. Okay. Uh, thinking. So – um, so freshman year, we start out in philosophy reading Aristotle's, um, logic. So there's like basically teaching you how to think syllogistically, mm -hmm. um, like what kind of syllogisms are, can produce what kind of knowledge. Uh, there's something called like the box of contraries where it goes from like universal something universal to something particular. So I know universal is like a generalization, mm -hmm. you know. Universal truths, mm -hmm. that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, – but it's funny because like we always try to talk about universals, mm -hmm. but we can only take in knowledge through the particulars. So like, you know, water bottle, this water bottle, I can, I can tell everything about – 
every other water bottle in the 24 pack because I can look at this one, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, that's universal knowledge from like the particulars, um, which was kind of cool. Um, but, um, and then like we build up in that ph philosophy track, like Deonima about the soul or about human life. Um, also Aristotle. Um, and then, uh, so we're basically learning how to think critically. Um, all the classes, they're not lecture. It's like 16 people in a seminar who are discussing and debating and like yelling at each other sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, cool. uh, but like learning how to read between the lines of the text and sort yeah. of bring out like what the author intended. We read about the Peloponnesian War by Thucydides and Herodotus. Hmm. Um, so, like, we read history from the first people who wrote about it. Um, okay, and we also read um, the Iliad and the Odyssey, which are, they're sort of mythological, but they've got some truth to them. But basically, learning how the Greek thought about their heroes. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, um, they, they don't quite think about heroes the way we think about no. them. Um, but basically... By learning that, we are following the path of Western thought, the development of Western thought. So we know that, oh, that person thinks that thing because of this whole movement in the last 300 years. Mm -hmm. And that person might think that thing because they're more affected by the medievals who wrote like, I know, 700 years ago. Hmm. Which is more of like what I'm affected by is medievals, you know, Boethius and like, you know, um, and, uh, and then I think next, I'm not sure if it's this semester, next semester, we'll start moving into the moderns. Like, uh, we'll read like Marx and Freud and, um, Descartes, people like that hmm. who more sort of form the more modern idea of things. And, but we'll be coming at it through, the Christian, the Christian angle, sort of. So, like talking about how far, how wrong Marx was. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's um, it's generally um, we try to be as you, you can never learn anything without a bias. Like right. it's absolutely impossible sure. to. Mm -hmm. Um, but we try to see both sides and try to think critically. Think so, right. like. There's always going to be the people in the class who are going to be like the devil's advocates who are like, I'm total Marxist, even yeah. though they're not, mm -hmm. you know, just try to like, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, you come to like existential crises where you're like, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Somebody told me just recently about that the devil's advocate is a Catholic uh, thing that became the Catholic thing. So when somebody is being, uh, what do they call it? Uh, Beatified as a saint. What is what's that word they use? Yeah, be, uh, be, yeah, beatified and then canonized. So yeah, yeah, during that process, the beatification process, there's somebody that will play the devil's advocate that will say, give all the reasons why this person shouldn't be a saint ah, to try to, sense. you know, it's in the same vein of thought that you're talking about now. Mm -hmm. um, so they're they're taking that approach to. you know, so I guess if the devil's advocate is has a strong argument, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they would go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it, it it depends on the professor, I think. But yeah. uh, also, like, I mean, it, there's some things that I don't agree 
Um, there's some professors I just don't agree with. And uh, some of them, if I can give a, like a good enough argument, they'll be like, yeah, I don't agree with you, but your paper is great or whatever. That's a good thing that you don't – if you agreed with every professor you had, I think there would you would probably see there's a problem with that. Yeah, right? yeah. That's kind of the problem with a lot of modern state-run universities, mm-hmm. now public universities. And that's – It's an echo chamber. This past semester, we took a class called rhetoric, mm-hmm. which – rhetoric back then meant something different than it does now rhetoric just meant uh well to quote one guy uh soul leading no solely the art of soul leading no soul leading with the art of words or something like that okay um and uh so basically like you know we 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 had class for this uh, two days a week. Mondays we read something, and then Tuesday, uh, Thursdays we gave a speech, mm-hmm. um, like a five-minute speech. Um, but we started reading Aristotle's rhetoric and Plato's dialogue or whatever, and then we moved into because this was more of like a political class. Like in this class, they challenged us to interact with the uh, social issues of today. Okay. Um. And so we moved into reading the Founding Fathers, the Federalist Papers. We did not read any Anti-Federalist Papers, Hmm. which I think are kind of important. Yeah. Um, But we didn't read those. But then after we read the Founding Fathers, we moved into more modern day. And we read one – okay, so we read one interesting interesting speech by the German gerbil – like the he- yeah. yeah, yeah, who led um, – He was the chief propagandist for yeah. the Nazis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're reading like what he's talking about, like how to use technology to your own advantage mm-hmm. and like how propaganda isn't lying and like stuff like that. <laughs> and at, at the end of that class, uh, Dr. Virginia is like, okay, so um, are we teaching you guys propaganda? Like – like we're supposed to be, te- we're trying to teach each other the truth. We're reading certain things that will hopefully lead us to the truth. But, but like, how can I teach you and you guys like not figure it out? Like, how can how can you come to the truth without like being led to it? Right. And at the same at the same side, how do you know that I'm not leading you with propaganda? And we talked about it for like forty five minutes and mm-hmm. didn't come to a conclusion. No. But it was it Don't was... trust anybody. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, and um and so like so like they're very um I know some professors tend to be uh tend to lean more towards oh the text is saying this thing because they're super like nerd about the Iliad or something like oh. that. Mm. Um but um, generally, as long as you can make a good argument for what you believe, yeah. they're not going to crucify you for okay. it. Uh, they so. just might personally think you're a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they might tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll be but, uh, yeah, th- there's enough um, – like uh, another thing that we did was um, talked about the whole um, Ukraine-Russia thing mm-hmm. in my – my professor was very vehemently pro-Ukrainian oh, and really? anti-Russian. Um, so he's a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and um, but um, 
but actually one of the other professors well he's not pro-russian but he's like more like understanding of why they're doing what they're doing yeah yeah and personally for me i mean if if i was a russian and somebody was like building a military base on my border i'd be worried about yeah, of course you know and so it's uh, you can't justify some of their the russians actions especially if they wanted to join nato and put nukes in that country yeah right on your border. so it's under <laughs> even though some of the like some of their tactics were um very are, russian uh, yeah are very <laughs> russian um you can't uh it's uh it's understandable why they would want to mm-hmm. You know, control Ukraine. You know, so or at least control the border space between them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. The way I look at it is, it's not my business. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's none of my. I don't care. I mean, yeah, it's not my business. Yeah. It's. I feel bad for the people in that region. I do too. It really but sucks. I just. But I got there's just, there's other things mm-hmm. on our home front that I'm worried about. You yeah. Know? Um, um, do you get into? American politics at all and like modern American politics like the last election or um, maybe modern political philosophy? So we get into the modern political philosophy as we – I think it's – I think it's this year and Mm. next year. Okay. We read uh, de Tocqueville's America Mm -hmm. and then so we start at the beginning of America and move back – move down Mm -hmm. and then we will get to the point to modern times where the marxist ideals start coming in Mm -hmm. and um we don't cover right here right now yeah um which is something that some of the faculty um sort of uh regret and i kind of regret that too but they're like I mean, it's four years. Yeah. You can always... Maybe your senior year. Be... Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. we got a visitor. <laughs> Baby? We're recording. The beautiful wife has arrived, everybody. <laughs> so quietly, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> Come on, Baby. Um. Yeah. So maybe your senior year, maybe to be a bit more free. Yeah. Um. You know, open discussion. But... Hey, wifey. Hey. We're out here sweating to death. Oh, I can <laughs> tell. It is hot. In here. We're trying to hurry up and get done. Is Tim clean in the kitchen? Oh, you haven't been inside yet. Okay. Do you have anything you want to say to the world? And while we're recording, no, particularly. okay, <laughs> so good. You're not particularly. All right, you are hot. Tom's telling us about his college education he's getting. It sounds pretty cool. I think I want to go back to college <laughs> in Wyoming. In Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you in a little bit. Bye. Bye. Nice seeing you, nice seeing you too. Um, so how do you, how did you find, um, the workload of classes was, after being out of school for a year and then jumping right back in? The hardest thing I've ever done up till this point has been this education. Yeah. Um, 
like our humanities program, it's um three classes a week, you know, sixty pages Oof. per assignment on top of um learning Latin. Uh we also learn Euclid's uh elements where you have to memorize his propositions and be able to perform them like how to prove this angle is equal to that angle on a sphere. Dang. Yeah, you know, we have to memorize that. Uh, and be or not memorize it, just understand, understand it, it and put it into practice, and then answer questions about it. Yeah. Um. So it's it's a lot. Intense. Sounds it's pretty. very intense. Yeah. Um. How many students are in that school? One hundred and eighty-four. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in your class, your graduating class, it'll be what? Uh, right now we're down to 60, forty-nine. Forty-nine. Yeah. Oh, wow. We started out with like sixty-two, uh-huh. and then. Uh, People drop like flies because it's – you really have to – like going in, I questioned – like even first semester, I was questioning what in the world did I do? (laughs) (laughs) What did I get myself into? Because it just seemed like a ton of work, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, first two semesters, you're building a foundation. It's like drinking out of a fire hose. Um, And then – this past semester, um, I was getting ready to pack it in, but this past semester, I started like getting glimpses of, wait a minute, I understand that in yeah. a different way now. Cool. And uh, and so I'm kind of um, senior year, which I'm looking forward to. Senior year, uh, a requirement to graduate is writing a thesis that's like 30 to 40 pages long. Mm. And then you write that thesis, and then you have to give a 30-minute oration and then a defense of it. Wow. It's like a PhD. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, and I'm I'm super excited for it. Yeah. Um, but, cool, like, man. being able to put, like, my name on a piece of work that yeah. I did that I, like, you know, did the research for and, like, put right. it together. Um, yeah. And so – I'm excited about those kinds of things, and I just think about things a lot differently. Um, You know, like, I know a little thing is like, um, Aristotle was like, you can't see an object. You know, the only reason why you can see the object is because of the difference in colors. Hmm. So, like, if the lamp was black and the wall was black, you couldn't see the lamp, you know. Or you can identify it from, like, a different shade, you know. Okay. Um, You know, uh, that's just something I never really thought about. But, Mm. like, there are other things as far as how I think about, I know, social issues like abortion or whatever. You know, it's not just merely something I'm told is you know, right or wrong, it's, you know, I philosophically in my head know without even touching religion, Mm -hmm. I can logically know that like, oh, that fetus is a human being or it's nothing at all, you know. Right. You know. It can't be halfway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, It it just doesn't. And, uh, And so those are the kinds of things that I'm looking forward to. In that, uh, I know. And then the other side of it, they call it 
the poetic education. Mm. I don't know how really how to explain <laughs> that. <laughs> well, do your best. Okay. Um. Ah. So it's also not normal college because of obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the freshman go their orientation is a twenty one day wilderness. Yeah, expedition. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So, go, so let's talk about that. Okay, this part of the sort of like the poetic experience. Right. Okay, so um, the freshmen go on a 21-day trip, and basically, in my group, there were... And you're in the, like, the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, or yeah, in the Rocky Mountains, the, right? the Wind River, the Wind River Range of the Rocky Mountains. Okay. Um, and we also send a group to the Absorca Range of the uh, Rocky Mountains. Okay. Um, and uh, basically, you're hiking at... 10,000 feet that or how did your body handle feet. that coming from basically sea level going up there I you were in pretty good shape when, yeah you know. I, I was in pretty good shape um it was mostly mostly when you wake up in the morning you feel like you have a hangover mm -hmm. because you're so dehydrated mm. And, but uh, you don't even know what that feels like, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Amish can't drink alcohol. <laughs> well, the Irish can, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's my my last name is very Irish. Yeah. Uh, All right. So but, uh, yeah, you had to. Did they work you up in elevation over time? Because everybody's coming from different places around the country. Did they? They kind of just threw us in there. Really? So yeah. you went from. From 300 feet yeah. to 11,000 feet. Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, – but okay. So – so, and it's kind of the strangest thing idea. You know, why on earth do you need to do a wilderness expedition before you do your academics? You know, like like body, mm. mind, two different things. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. <laughs> like, you know – um, You'll do a lot of soul searching. <laughs> have a heavy pack on your back and you're walking for miles. Yeah. It's like – so when we started reading about the Spartans, yeah. we're like, oh, I kind of know what hiking all day, you know, carrying a heavy load feels like, you mm -hmm. know. Um, or um, – and I know the the brotherhood that was formed, especially in my Wickle or expedition mm -hmm. – um, we're we were pretty close by the end of it, and uh, I bet that really helps fa facilitate good conversations when you get back to the it classroom. Really does. Right? Yeah, because you're not afraid to cut. Say, hey, dude, like you're wrong about this, and you can, or I really agree with you, and you have that res mutual respect where you're listening to each other. Yeah, and, that's a pretty good idea, man. And yeah, so all the freshmen go on the trip, and then on our spring breaks, it's a week long. Um, all four classes go like what? mesh together. No topless like uh, <laughs> sea do rides, and chugging beers and, at the beach. Nothing. No, Dang. no. It, you know, it's uh, it's it's all outdoor trips on those breaks, and but all four classes sort of mesh together. Oh, okay, you know, on their different trips, um, and so it also like builds community in the school as a whole, and uh, so you can, I don't know. There's been a lot of people where it's like that person is a big asshole and I really hate them. Mm -hmm. And then 
were in the middle of the desert and like they give me some lemonade powder to kind of like <laughs> like sweeten the taste of the alkali yeah. you know and like they're my best friend in the world mm-hmm. now you know so like, oh, it's not that bad <laughs> yeah so <laughs> it um and and so yeah it definitely facilitates in the classroom there's more like respect and yeah. like you know everybody's seen everybody in their worst times, you know, so yeah. it's like, you don't have anything on me. It's <laughs> great, man. Yeah. You probably like walked but, uh, in, walked around a corner, saw somebody taking a dump in a hole in the ground. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you get pretty close to people. And, uh, yeah. and so, so it facilitates that. Um, and then we, Okay, so so you did the twenty-one day trip. That's your orientation to yes. your school. Yeah, right. It is all right. And then you jumped into classes, and then your your spring break. You came home for what Christmas break? I guess Christmas break. It was eleven months because I stayed the summer. Oh wait, no, 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 wait, no, 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 no. So you started in the fall, right? Right. Did then I came day. back for Christmas. Yep, you're yeah. right. Yeah, and then. Uh, and then you back. went right, but you were only here for a couple of days or something, weren't you? I was yeah. home for three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah, oh, I just okay. didn't get to see anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm making my rounds this no, time. No, it's though. okay. But, um, yeah. How was it your first snow experience? It was the weirdest thing ever. I was on the shoveling crew. <laughs> so I, I, my work still used like, man, I can shovel cow manure, <laughs> but I don't know how to shovel snow. <laughs> yeah. So like – while everybody else is asleep at like 4.30 in the morning, I go out and it's like, you know, it could be three feet of snow on the ground. And I have to go <laughs> shovel all the sidewalks and <laughs> Put everybody's, salt down yeah. And, and uh, it, it's, it's not bad. It's actually not bad. No. Uh, we, I enjoy shoveling snow. It's like therapeutic. You yeah. Know, it's, like some, it's like silence and, you know, you're out before everybody and else. like you're bundled up, mm-hmm. you're moving so you're warm, and mm-hmm. then just your nose is showing. And yeah. It's just like so frigid cold, <laughs> but everything else is like toasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so I kind of like that part. But uh, we yeah. go on a winter trip, a oh. week-long winter trip. Okay. Where we build snow caves mm. and sleep in them for three nights. How was that? That was it was really fun. A lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work. <laughs> um but yeah. Were you the uh most fish out of water there? Like were you the one who was like There is one guy from Louisiana. Oh that's <laughs> <laughs> basically that's about the same. Here, really. Yeah. And so like he and I were uh were like, yeah, this is a lot different. Uh, not you yeah, especially like out in the snow, it's when it gets down to like, well, it doesn't snow when it gets this cold, but when it gets down to like seven degrees, yeah, it just your skin hurts. <laughs> you know, it, it's everything it's, gets chapped. And, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not like it's Dry. not like oh, I can just hurry up and like get to a building. It's just like you get to the building, your hands are just physically hurting mm-hmm. because of the cold. You know, yeah, and, uh, but. We had about two weeks this past winter where it didn't get above like zero degrees. <laughs> that was so that 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 was sucked. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys have uh, dorms there? Is that where you stayed in the dorm rooms? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, ah, co-ed dorms? No, no, no. They're uh, separate. Oh. So <laughs> whack. Okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> um, the uh, so we've got. So we've got apartments and dorms. I'm in the dorms, and yeah. we've got three male dorms. They're really long, skinny buildings with uh, 16 guys per unit 
or not unit, uh, building. Yeah. Yeah, two guys per room. Okay. And uh, we'll have dorm raids, where what we'll do is, uh, you you basically put on your raiding outfit, whatever that might be, mm-hmm. and uh, you you quietly sneak over to the other dorm, you knock, and then you wait like three seconds, mm-hmm. and then you open the door and you just like full send it right through the doorway, like yeah. sixteen guys, and then. The other sixteen guys who live in the dorm meet you. Have to fight you off, like yeah. And so, like <laughs> at the end of the day, there'll be like broken door jams and blood on the wall and like footprints on the ceiling. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so, so that's uh, that's definitely a plus for having. Uh, that's fun. Non-coed dorms. What is the uh, what's the social life like there? It's. It's kind of hard to explain. I know what them Catholic girls are like, man. I went to Catholic school. <laughs> I know what's uh, up. These are homeschooled Catholic girls. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're um, they, they'll party or whatever. Okay, so I'm a little bit older than all my classmates. Right, Tom, you go buy us beer. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, over the summer, I've I've done that a little bit, but yeah. like during the school year, that's like uh, yeah, you got to focus. Yeah, and sort of a. <laughs> so sort of a um yeah um but what about the natives the locals do they they're is, they're similar to here oh, they're, 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 really yeah okay so they're um except for they're methodist generally okay. or nothing um they're uh so they're not to be trusted <laughs> And they'll stab you in the back the first chance they get. Is that how they're like here? No, no, oh. no, no, no. Um, the um, okay. So a lot of them, like all the native Wyomingites, yeah. Um, their family came. Is that what they call them Wyomingites or Wyomingins? I don't know exactly. Hmm. I haven't figured that out. I was thinking about that today. Yeah, that's weird. And I just. It's kind of hard to say, like, either way. <laughs> yeah. Hard to pronounce. <laughs> so, but you, I mean, if you say the lo- the natives, like, there are native tribes in Wyoming. So, oh, yeah, yeah, Right, so you can't, yeah. re- you have to, you have to be like, yeah, yeah. the local people in the town there. What town is it? Lander. Lander, Lander. Wyoming. Okay. Lander, Wyoming. Uh, What's the population? Uh, 7,000. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's almost the size of Camden, but not quite. Yeah. I think Camden is 10 or 15. I don't know. 67,000 in the county. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, so um, it, it's a small town. The largest store is Safeway, which is like a food line. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, it's kind of a touristy town. They're close to South Pass City, which is a historic ghost town. Cool. Um, and so uh, they're like ski slopes and stuff like that around there. People. There used to be. Now they're up in Jackson, which oh. is where all the rich people yeah. are. It's about three hours north of us, and it's. It's a mess. Yeah. Um, Harrison Ford supposedly flies helicopters for the search and rescue team or something. Oh, okay. like that. It's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway. Isn't Liz uh, Cheney the senator or something from there? Like yeah. Dick Cheney's she, daughter? Yeah. Was she was running for governor. Governor. Yeah. yeah. I saw her signs everywhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, population 7,000. Um, the locals, a lot of them... Their family settled in Lander either right off the Oregon Trail mm-hmm. or turn of the century, 1900 or so. 
um, mostly conservative. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, Wyoming is the whitest state in all of the United States. Yeah. It's, it's like statistically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I know that. I have no <laughs> idea, but I do know that. No, it makes it's sense. It's like the least the, – um, now, the Wind River uh, Reservation, which is the largest reservation in the continental – or in the U.S., wow. I guess, is in Fremont County, which is 30 minutes. The border of the reservation is 30 minutes away. Do you have any interaction with them at all, like uh, with your school? A l- uh, not so much with the school. Sometimes there's a – there's like a mission school that we'll go help out with sometimes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But generally, um, generally the big city in the reservation is Riverton, mm-hmm. and they've got like everything, like Walmart and all that. So, yeah. so most of the natives stay stay On the, over there. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but in Lander, uh, the general population is white conservatives. But recently, so the National Outdoor Leadership School is across the street from the college. Oh, cool. Um, but they bring in a lot of, like, new age climber people mm-hmm. and, like, all that. And so a lot of them are, like, liberal, liberal, far sure. left wing. Hippies. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and so that's a growing demographic in Lander. Cool. Um, It'd be good diversity. Yeah, yeah. And it's... um. It's caused some interesting, uh, interesting conversations for some, and then just like bad situations in others. Yeah, you know, depending on who you are, you know, as a person, like <laughs> how you react yeah. differently. You know, um, hmm. but it's super. The town is in great growing pains. Yeah, because okay. of that. But um, well, yeah. um, let's talk about how you spend your summers usually. Yeah. What you've been doing in your summertime? <laughs> Last summer, not much. Yeah? Last summer, I had a guaranteed job working maintenance at the college. Okay. So I took it. None of my friends were staying in Lander over the summer. I was in town. I don't have a car. Right. So I was seeing Asphalt Street for my entire summer. Just walking? Yeah. And <laughs> you couldn't get a bike, man? I, I did get a bike, but... <laughs> Any intra, any if you want to go outside and see the wild, yeah, it's about ten miles to the canyon and like stuff like that. So it was just, yeah, it was bad. Should have made some friends with those hippies, man. <laughs> they could have taken you rock climbing. Actually, I'm thinking about that now. They that that, that yeah, they would have. They're usually really cool people. Yeah, man. they are. Yeah. yeah. Um, this summer I made some friends with them. I was working with some too. Um, mm. um so last summer I did that and. I, uh, that's what actually was the main motivation to join Lander Volunteer Fire Department. Okay. Uh, What's their call volume? About 300 a year. Mm. So it's, it's decent. Yeah. It, it, it It's especially decent for like what I'm doing, you know, it, it's the perfect dichotomy of doing school but then taking a break because yeah. my je- adrenaline just spiked yeah. and then going back to school. <laughs> so okay. it's, it's good. Um, and uh, great department. Yeah. Um, they train uh, the first, 
the first training I had with them, we did pack testing where it wasn't just pack testing. It was like climbing a ladder, dragging a dummy, reaching up with a roof hook to get, uh, to pull down, to pull down a, um, a, um, you know, rescue rope. Oh, okay. Uh, the, um, the, uh, we had a, it was, and it was like an obstacle course and you went up two flights of stairs and uh-huh. down two flights of stairs until the mask sucked to your face. Oh, wow. So it wasn't, good. yeah, it, it wasn't like a, so, so it's a, it, it's a good department. Cool. Uh, they also, um, so they're out West, right? Mm-hmm. So they get a lot of wildfires. Yeah. And so their guys get the um, red card classes that the federal government oh, cool. gives out. Yeah. So I've taken the red card class. I need to get my practicals and then I'll have the red card. Nice. Um, but you can – I'm hoping to do this next summer. Um, you can volunteer to go on uh, dispatches where they'll send you on a truck mm-hmm. to go to California – Montana, border of Canada, New Mexico, Texas, any place that's on fire, yeah, you can get like paid big bucks. Oh yeah, it's like you know your 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 work day is sixteen hours. Eight of those are overtime. You get hazard pay. <laughs> I hear the food at the base camps is like ribeye steaks. Oh and man, it, it sounds it's like it sounds like yeah, heaven. I bet you yeah. earn every bit. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, you probably won't even be able to taste that steak at the end of the day. <laughs> Possibly. They, they say that the camp life is not the best because it's just grime everywhere. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But, uh, You're but, young. You'll be good. You'll yeah. be fine. I, I'm excited. I'm going to try to do that somehow next summer. Okay. Either Forest Service, BLM, or Bureau of Land Management, yeah. to clarify, <laughs> or with Fremont County. But um, so like they kind of have to be – they kind of have to be good at what they do because oh, yeah. of, you know, what they They see. could get called up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, They do so, any uh, wildland search and rescue and all that sort of stuff? We have a resident search and rescue team in town. Oh, okay. Which the Knowles National Outdoor Leadership School, a lot of those guys do it because like they're um, they're like – they're climbers yeah. and they're they, they're just really good at mm-hmm. you know rescuing people basically sure um so we'll go out and help them occasionally but i haven't i haven't been on one of those yet yeah um i was trying to get also get on the search and rescue team and i got invited to one of their meetings and then the guy was like well covid just happened and so we're just barely getting together right now so you're gonna have to come another time and then i never heard back again Dang. so but, <clears throat> i'm not keep at it man yeah. you can get those certifications it's not hard you could do it yeah i'm I, i'm really hoping to yeah it sounds great man it sounds like um you took the hard step to actually just go and follow a passion and it's working out for you man it was hard and it is hard, but <laughs> it's, it's opening hard. a lot of different avenues for you to open your eyes and and find different passions in your life. I think it's yeah. awesome, man. I, I love hearing from you when you call or text and um, get little updates here and there. And, and it's so cool, man. I always thought you were such an interesting dude. <laughs> I mean, I liked hanging out with you. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I was sad to see you go, but I guess, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't far behind you. I left yeah. a few months after you did. A lot of um, people – 
yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go visit in a few weeks. Yeah, but, you won't uh, recognize anybody. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be. We'll talk more place. when we get off off the air. But um, Tom, thank you so much for coming out here to the undisclosed location. <laughs> thank you so much. Did you have any problem me. finding it? Uh well, I looked on Google last night, mm-hmm. and I was like, huh. I, I'll I'll see what it's like when I get there. Yeah. And then I saw the driveway and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just follow this. Yeah, don't give any details out. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, usually people drive right past and just like end up a half mile down the road. Um, but thanks you for coming out. Thank you for keeping me in mind, you know, and coming out here. I know you only have a certain amount of time here with your family and all that. You got a lot of work to do at, on the farm back home <laughs> for your dad. <laughs> So you need to get home, get back to work before the sun goes down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're welcome back anytime. Thank you very much. I look forward to hearing about your next adventures, you know, and, and what you, you're learning and all that sort of stuff. I think it's so cool, man. Yeah. Um, and we're going to call this episode The Adventures of Tom Curley, <laughs> you know, like The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so, yeah, man, good luck in the future and can't wait to hear back from you. Thank you so much, Matt. All right, folks, that's it. For this episode, I don't know which one we are, 116, 117, something like that. Um, if you have any questions you want to ask me, you want topics you want me to talk about, you can email me, votemappodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm no longer on Twitter. I am barely on Facebook anymore. Um, if you want to talk to me on Telegram, you can hit me up there. You can join the inner circle, t.me slash swampfoxnetwork. Um Please like, share, and subscribe the show, whatever you're listening on. If you can leave a review, do that as well. If you want to donate, you can donate on anchor.fm slash Network or patreon.com slash votemappodcast. Uh, and that's it. Thank you so much. We're going to get out of here and change our clothes because we're soaking wet. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>